שלום, אנחנו קוראים בספר כתבה The article, what does it mean that charity to the poor makes the holy name in a work? It says, I will give you rains in their season, meaning that each one will give his strength over you. Who are they? It is that correction that you made, unifying that holy name, that unification of law and ordinance, so that they will bestow upon you. It is written, keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice. Since it is written, Keep the way of the Lord. Why does it need to say to do righteousness and justice? He replies, since one who keeps the ways of Torah, it is as though he does righteousness and justice. And what are righteousness and justice? It is the Creator. Rabbi Shimon wept and said, Woe unto people who do not know and do not consider the glory of their, maker, of their Master. For who makes the Holy Name every day? It says, one who gives alms to the poor, one who makes this awakening from below, meaning that he gives alms. It is as though he made the holy name in completeness. As one does below, so it awakens above. You should understand the connection between almsgiving and the unification of righteousness and justice. Also, what is the connection between righteousness and justice and making a holy name? You should also understand what it means that a person makes the holy name. Since we understand that the Holy Name made men, and not that man makes the Holy Name. We should interpret this in the work. What does this come to teach us? It is known that the essence of our work in Torah and Mitzvot is to be able to receive the light and pleasure that he contemplated giving to the created beings. 
The whole delay is in that we don't have the vessels to receive the abundance that comes from the giver to the created beings. Meaning, for the created beings to have equivalence of form, called, as he is merciful, so you are merciful. Meaning for the created beings to also have vessels of bestowal like the giver. Therefore, when a person takes upon himself the kingdom of heaven, the body asks, what will you get out of this work of accepting the kingdom of heaven? Our sages said about this, one should always engage in Torah and mitzvot, even if lolishma, not for her sake, since from lolishma he comes to lishma, for her sake. This is as it is written in the Zohar, that there is a matter of fear. When he observes Torah and mitzvot, in order to be rewarded in this world, and in the next world, but the fear that is important is because he is great and ruling, meaning not in order to be rewarded, but because he says that he has the privilege of serving a great king. And this is why he wants to observe the Torah and mitzvot. Although the person understands that there is the matter of serving the king, his body was created with the nature of a desire to receive delight only from things that benefit itself, but the body cannot understand serving someone else so that the other will enjoy, meaning that he will enjoy from someone else enjoying his work. This is the body cannot understand it. That is, it is unnatural for an employee who works for the owner and the owner, the employer, truly benefits the work of the employee, that the employee will tell the owner, I don't want you to pay me. It is enough for me that you enjoy the things that I fixed for you because you regretted the broken tools that you had. But now, that I fix them, you are enjoying this. And I don't want any payment for my work. This is against nature. On the contrary, if you enjoy my work, you should pay me more than I requested for my work. Accordingly, we can understand how it is possible for a person to have the strength to work for the sake of the Creator without any reward. The first state is when a person wants to observe Torah and Mitzvot, so it will bring him the 
cure, which is the light in the Torah reforms him. That is, through the remedy, he will obtain the second nature called the desire to bestow. And he will be able to serve the king without any reward. And his only reward will be that he is delighting the king. The Zohar calls this time when he observes Torah and Mitzvot in order to obtain the desire to bestow 613.18. The second state is after he has already acquired the desire to bestow. This is the, the state of receiving the delight and pleasure that are in the 613 mitzvot, which the Zohar calls 613 kudin deposits. This means, as it is written in the Sulam commentary, that the delight and pleasure are there as a deposit. For this reason, man's work, when he takes upon himself the burden of the kingdom of heaven, is to make it as charity for the poor. It is now that the Zohar calls Malchut poor and meager. We should interpret this as not wanting to receive any return. This is similar to giving charity to a poor person and not asking him for anything in return. That is, we do not even want the poor person's gratitude. Since real charity is called concealed giving, which means that he does not see to whom he gives. Therefore, giving the charity was without any gratitude from the poor. It follows that the person accepts the burden of the kingdom of heaven above reason. He does not hope for the Creator to thank him for it. Thus, the body asks, why are you taking upon yourself the burden of Torah and mitzvot? In that state, when he wants to take upon himself to observe Torah and mitzvot without any reward, the person needs the Creator to give him the strength to overcome the body's question, to have the strength to do the holy work gladly. It follows that precisely when one works in order to come to work that is purely holy without any mixture of waste in there, the person becomes needy of the Creator's help. Each time that he wants to reassume the burden of the kingdom of heaven, he must work anew. 
The person must believe the words of the Ari who says each and every day new phases that have fallen into the shells are corrected and one day is not like the next and one moment is not like the following. Therefore, assuming the burden of the kingdom of heaven anew corrects new discernments into Kedusha. For this reason, when a person wants to take upon himself the kingdom of heaven and you, the body asks, what will you get out of working for the sake of the Creator? And there is no other way but to ask the Creator to give him the power of faith above the reason of the body. In the words of our sages, this is called, had the Creator not helped him, he would not have returned for his work. Concerning faith for the sake of the Creator, we should interpret what our sages said. If your brother becomes poor and stretches out his hand, the writing says, do not rob a poor, for he is poor. What is, do not rob a poor? Is there a person who robs the poor? Or does one rob of someone who has nothing? However, if you were to sustain him and you retracted and said how long will I provide for this one and you refrain from giving him if you did so know that you're robbing him this is do not rob the poor for he is poor According to the above, we should interpret that charity to the poor refers to Malchut, who is called poor and meager because she has nothing to give back to men. If a person works for the sake of the Creator and wants nothing in return, but he works only for the sake of the Creator, However, sometimes, in the middle of the work, thoughts come to him that he is always working for the sake of the Creator and wants nothing in return. Certainly by this he will be rewarded with a higher degree, meaning that he will feel more flavor in Torah and work since he has already done his part. Meaning that he says that he is assuming the kingdom of heaven without any reward. Meaning he's not even receiving a flavor in Torah and mitzvot in return for his work. So, if his intention is already for the sake of the Creator, called adhesion with the Creator, he should have felt vitality in his work. 
Yet he does not see any progress in the work. Therefore, he wishes to stop this work of bestowal and work like the rest of the people, meaning in order to receive reward. The text says about this, do not rob a poor, for he is poor. The Midrash asks, is there a person who robs the poor? What does one rob of someone who has nothing? However, if you are accustomed to sustain him, and you retracted and said, how long will I provide for this one, and you refrain from giving him, know that you are robbing him. It follows that the text warns us that one should not say, I have already worked a lot with the intention to achieve the aim to bestow, and I did not obtain the delight and pleasure one should obtain working with the intention to bestow, called giving arms to the poor. Also, I was promised that I will nonetheless obtain the light called power to be able to do everything in order to bestow. This is the light that is revealed when a person observes Torah Mitzvot in the manner of 613 councils in order to obtain vessels of bestowal called the light for the completion of the vessels so they can work with the vessels in order to bestow. But he did not obtain that force either, although the whole time he engaged in Torah and Mitzvot, it was with this intention. Therefore, says the person, I have already given you many exertions, but I have not acquired anything, so I want to stop this work. This is the meaning of saying, how long will I provide for this one? In other words, I have given you much already, but I have received for it, but I have received no spiritual progress in return. Therefore, says the person, how long will I have to work in a manner of arms to the poor. At that point, the person wants to escape the campaign and return to working like the general public. When he was working in a manner of who will not fear you, king of the nations. As said above, when a person works in observing Torah and mitzvot, for the purpose of self-love. There is no place for working for the sake of the Creator. This is regarded as the king whose Torah and mitzvot the person observes is called the king of the nations and not the king of Israel. Since then a person is not regarded as Israel but as 
The text warns about this, do not escape the campaign, do not rob the poor, for he is poor. Should interpret, do not rob the poor, it means that you should not stop the alms that you are giving him, meaning the acceptance of the kingdom of heaven without any reward. Or, although you claim that you have already given him many alms, know that this is incorrect. The meaning of for he is poor is that as long as you think that Malchut, who is poor, should give you something, you are not saying that she is poor. That is, if a person demands of Malchut to reward him, he already blemishes the name of Malchut, who is called poor and meager, since you are demanding something of her. Rather, the person should pray to the Creator to give him the strength to be satisfied and happy from being able to work for Malchut even when she hides herself and does not show him any nearing. And his taste in the work is as if he has now begun anew. Meaning that he cannot say that he feels any flavor of which he can say that for this flavor he's working and laboring in assuming the kingdom of heaven. That is, he has no support or basis so that he can say, this is why I engage in Torah and Mitzvot. This is called hanging the earth on nothing. He is called completely above reason. Although it is completely against the body's nature, he prays to the Creator for this, to give him this power. This is the meaning of what is written, do not rob the poor, for he is poor. One should always want to stay and take upon himself the kingdom of heaven. And his basis is, for he is poor. He is poor. This is, as Baal Sulam said, about what is written, charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, a woman who fears the Lord she shall be praised. He said that when one assumes the burden of the kingdom of heaven, sometimes the kingdom of heaven is grateful. And sometimes he feels that there is, there is beauty in the kingdom of heaven. The writing says about this, she is all a lie. That is, this whole basis on which he builds his kingdom of heaven is a lie. 
Rather, a woman who is the kingdom of heaven that a person takes upon himself, it should be because of the fear of the Creator, meaning that his fear will be, as it is written in the Zohar, the essence of fear be because he is great and ruling. As it is said, the fear which is the most important is that one fears one's master because he is great and ruling the essence and the root of all the worlds. And everything is considered nothing compared to him. And one will place his will in that place. It therefore follows that prayer is the most important. A person should pray to the Creator to give him the required force for anything that concerns the work, both in Torah and in prayer. Hence, one should ask the Creator to give him the need, meaning a desire for the work. Sometimes, a person comes to a state where he has no desire for anything, meaning that he does not see anything good before him, meaning something that he should want, that will bring him vitality, that this will give him a need to exert in order to obtain something. However, the person stays, remains without any desire, which he can say that it is worth laboring in order to obtain it. He does not see this. At that time, he must ask the Creator to give him some desire for something meaning that this thing will give him a desire to work. According to the person's understanding, the request will be that the Creator will let him see something that will bring him delight and pleasure. This is, as our sages said, the eye sees and the heart covets. That is, if the Creator lets him see something for which it is worthwhile to work, the coveting in the heart will make him seek ways by which to obtain this thing. It follows that the person prays now is only for the purpose of a desire called Dire, called a vessel. This means that the first prayer that a person should pray is for a desire and lack that the Creator will give him to ask for a deficiency so that if he obtains the satisfaction of the deficiency, that, is the, that satisfaction or feeling will fill man in completeness. That is, the Creator will notify him 
what is the wholeness he should achieve so as to know what it is that he truly needs. And in order to know what he truly needs, this is done through the Torah, whereby the segula, the power of the Torah, the light in it, reforms him, meaning that the Torah lets him know what he is missing. However, a person should demand this of the Torah, meaning for the Torah to guide him towards attaining the truth. Also, a person should find the connection between him and the Torah. For his desire to know this connection with the Torah is already regarded as a prayer. This means that by this, he already connects himself to the Creator when he learns Torah. Since he is asking the Creator when he engages in Torah to understand the connection between the Torah and the person who is learning the Torah. And once he has prayed for the Creator to give him the deficiency, he must ask the Creator to give him the filling for the deficiency, meaning to be rewarded with achieving the degree of man's completeness. So what is the complete deficiency? According to the article, no. To work without any reward, to agree to that. Okay, more. In every state, in every degree, to ask the Creator for help, that He will give the help that is necessary for that degree. I need to come here every day and give a new effort to bestow to the Creator. 
Every moment when I leave this path and I don't make this effort, I'm robbing. And I should take this responsibility every day for the sake of everyone. Come here truly with a, a true intention to give contentment to the Creator. Because Malchut is poor and I have to constantly give her the good and pleasure that the Creator wants to give us, to give the whole of creation. Kent. The lack, that the lack that the person asks that the Creator will give him that does not come from within himself. Yes. No. Thank you very much to yearn with all my might to ask to be Adam with devotion. Even if I die, I want to be Adam. Okay. Tough. Ken. According to the article, he writes that the true deficiency is that a person uh, should want that the Creator will reveal to him what wholeness is, and then he will know what he needs to reach, where he needs to reach. Here he also writes that a person should find the connection between him and the Torah to constantly search for this connection between him and the Torah that too is a a lack The lack that the Creator will clothe in the friends in the ten. Man is the only one who can complete the purpose of creation by providing for Malchut. By this, he helps the Creator and he completes the purpose of creation. The true lack is fear towards the Creator.
He writes here that one should reach uh, knowing what he truly lacks. We need all the time to scrutinize what is it that we truly lack. I guess that's our work. Can we, we can say with the words he writes here, the fear of the Creator, it's like a, a woman, a deficiency and the fear he is that uh, upon this, on top of this, we want to give, let him receive everything, but we want to give him contentment. We want to receive everything, but for him. He says that it is uh, we must not stop giving arms to the poor. We have to constantly ask and not to give up, even if we don't see a result. The main thing is to continue, not to stop. It's not quite clear what arms to the poor is, but he says that we should not stop that. Can. Yes, he also says that there is the lack of Rabbi Shimon who cries and says, woe unto people who do not know and do not uh, look at the glory of their master, the creator is hidden. But he says here to make the holy name each and every day um, is giving arms to the poor. Like Gilad said. Also he writes by this it turns out that the prayer is the most important. That the person should pray to the Creator to give him the power that is necessary for anything related to the work in the Torah and also in the prayer. The person should always have the need to advance, not just to enjoy the gratitude or enjoy the fact that he has a deficiency or that he has some wholeness, but to constantly search for how to advance and to be connected to the Creator so that he will advance him. Okay. The lack for the greatness of the Creator, to serve the Creator. No, no. More? Yes, you. I think that the strongest sentence in the article is when he writes that he will give me a need, that the Creator will give the person the, the need, the lack for the work of bestowal. So that word, the need, is, I think, the strongest word. Uh, 
Maestro, además de la carencia, nosotros queremos avanzar en la sabiduría del corazón. We want to advance. We have a lack. Muchos amigos de la decena comentan que su trabajo... Many friends in the ten say that the corporeal work takes the majority of their time and it doesn't leave them enough time to work with the ten. How can we overcome these attacks on the body and on the needs of the body that come from outside the ten? And how can we use them in a work in the ten? I don't know, but it seems to me that if we succeed with our intention, then we can, we can do all of our work calmly, comfortably. To complain that we have no time, that we must be like slaves all day long, all night long, immersed in spiritual work. That, that's not good. That's incorrect. A person has to combine. Rab, why is it necessary for the lower ones to connect Malchut with the Creator? It is connected anyway. Because it's uh, the greatest, the biggest vessel of reception. What dwells in the world? The restriction or Malchut? Offense of what dwells in the world, what uh, governs the world. Uh, depends on, depend, relative to whom? With respect to a person who is going towards the correction, what does he have ahead of him? Then it opens up before him the possibility to bestow. So he should say that there is restriction over the world because he has work. Yes. It brings up a question. A person should know. Sorry, what is the difference between the wholeness that a person should achieve and the general malchut? The wholeness that a person has to come to means that his entire desire would be only to bestow to the Creator. With the eternal embrace and adhesion. And that's it. So, about Malchut being poor, he should demand for the Creator that it won't be poor. He should not accept the fact that he's poor. And here in the article, he is not supposed to demand from the Creator the feeling of Malchut that he will be able to impart to her. This helps him. Uh, When the Creator shows him that Malchot is poor and destitute, it helps a person advance. 
In a request and in a prayer, he should ask to fill Malchut, not to agree that she's poor. He should ask for the possibility to fill her, right? Yes. And this coincides with the fact that the work is only because he is great and ruling? Yes. Should I uh, find out how these two things coincide? Why does it not work out? Because here he says that we should not demand anything, but work only because he is great and ruling. But here a person actually has great work. What is great work? To see that Malchut is filled, that there is advancement in the direction of the Creator, that reality is filled with the knowledge of the Lord. What does it mean to settle for the work that he is great and ruling? anything else besides that only to attain that the creator is the one who's running everything who's controlling everything and how does it work with the fact that Malchut is poor it depends on you know, in which quality is it poor if Malchut is the will to receive, then it remains poor and meager, but when it wants to be connected with everyone and bestow the upper light to everyone and fill all of reality, by that she is not poor and meager, she is the Malchut of itself. This is the reality that one should build for himself. Yes, okay. I understand now. Thanks. Yeah, after all, all in all, you have to connect all the, both Malchoyot, plural, Malchot, Malchot of Ensof, and Malchot of the restriction of this world. You have to connect them together. How can you describe, depict this, this perception that it's all inside of me? Because we always run outwards towards all that's around me. Because you can't deal with what you have before you. That's clear. But what do you do? That's the question, how to live where everything is inside of me, that a, world, that a person is a small world, and not to run towards that I'm some detail in reality. Only by attaining the truth. In the current state, you have no way to decide. If we're talking about our attitude towards reality, I think it's clear. Yeah. Meaning if I look at someone right now and I negate him and then a friend comes and tells me how great he is, then I'll also see him as great. Well, but if I'm talking about reality, let's say I see a table here, so how can I understand that it's inside of me? After all, everyone sees and agrees with me that this is a table. 
because they are with you in the same perception of reality. You perceive them and you perceive what he tells you that he perceives. So why in, in our relation to reality we can change it and really the influence of the environment completely changes everything. The society decides what's great and what's small for me. Society can help you change your perception of reality by re- helping you rise or fall, and by that you change. Yes, but there are things in reality, a Kabbalist would say, that's in the end of Christian, well, will you not see a table like I see it? I don't know. I don't know. Each one perceives reality according to his degree, according to his attainment. So again, are we talking about the relations between people, which is basically our work, and the relations between us that we need to discover the Creator in it? Yeah. Or altogether, our attitude towards still vegetative animals speaking that we perceive that uh, is... So what's the question? Again, all that he speaks about here, that everything's inside of us, and that we all together received a great gift, and we can see everything. There's internality and externality. He's talking about relations between us, or is he talking about the totality of reality that we perceive? He doesn't relate to reality itself, what is depicted before us. He relates to our perception. Our perception of the Creator, the Creator and all the rest. Okay, I don't want to complicate the, the question. Very simple. This, things that we're working on, the relations in the ten, the connection between us where we reveal the Creator, or is he talking about the totality of our perception, the still, the vegetative, the animal, and the speaking? Where seemingly everything is outside of us. Yeah. So is it this or that, or is it whichever way you define yourself and how you receive and how you recognize and how you talk? Meaning, to why are we so different? We. As humans? And what are we different? Yes, we. Because each of us grasps a different reality. And what are we different than animals? It's the same thing. Yes, but if everything is within a person and the Creator broadcasts this picture inside of him and a person sees it in his hind brain somewhere, so seemingly we should all be together. The Creator is broadcasting that picture and it's written that it should be said that each has his own Creator. Yeah, each one has his own qualities. So why is it? It's like what each is... uh, 
a soul or a special soul, yeah. Each one has a special part in creation. And then the goal is for all these souls to connect eventually to one soul. Yeah, that's part of the correction of creation. They all connect together and perceive the wholeness of creation.